Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Pastor David Tijerina. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Romans chapter 8, if you have your Bibles with you tonight. Uh, I was going to wear my old Marine Corps camis, but uh, one, I couldn't find them, and I, two, I figured they were too too tight now because they were like 18, 19, and 20, and I didn't want them to look like skinny jeans and look like I was in the Air Force or something, so I didn't. <laughs> But I want, I, want to, I want to stir your heart tonight. It's going to be good. How many came expecting God to move tonight? I, I'm believing God to do some mighty things. And I, I've entitled this sermon, Overwhelming Victory. I, I'm not here to motivate you. I'm not here to, to uh, tell you you're the best in the whole world. I, I'm here to tell you you need Jesus. And without him, we can do nothing. And I want to preach on how much we're dependent on God and the Holy Spirit tonight. Uh, and how many know faith takes us through things that sometimes we don't understand, but it helps us come out victorious on the other side. You might be going through something, but the good news tonight is that you're going through it. Amen. Amen. A couple of people getting excited here. That's okay. You'll be excited by the end of the service here tonight. Uh, but I want to look at Romans chapter 8 this evening, chapter 8, uh, verse 37 tonight. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Uh, another translation says, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. And so I began to look at that. I'm like, what in the heck does it mean to be more than conquerors? And so I began to do a study on this. And, you know, to be more than conquerors means uh, that we not only achieve victory, but we are overwhelmingly victorious. So I don't just win. I win by a landslide. I remember one time coaching Nicholas's, my, my son's, youngest son's basketball team, and we beat someone 72 to 4. It was like playing the Lakers. And, and <laughs> Just kidding, Laker fans. I, I, I know you guys are sensitive, so. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of parents were upset at me afterwards. And, but it was an overwhelming victory. They scored a couple of points, but we won overwhelmingly. It was almost as if they didn't even show up. I even took a couple players and pulled them to the side and talked to them, hoping that they could score. And they still couldn't score because of our defense was so good. 
But that is an example of even though the devil might get a couple of shots in, we are still overwhelmingly victorious no matter what we're going through. Oh, can everybody get that tonight? See, to me, tonight, it's not only achieving victory, but we are overwhelmingly victorious. And to me, it means that before you even get a problem, that you already know that whatever the problem you might get, you can overcome it through Christ. He already knows the problem that you're going to get, and it's not even there yet, but he's already given you the victory. Yes, I'm talking about trials. I'm talking about issues. I'm talking about turmoil. I'm talking about problems tonight. They will arise. But listen to me. You are already victorious over it. You just need to have faith, and you need to believe it, and you need to trust God. See, I'm not here to tell you you can do it on your own. No, you need Jesus. I need Christ. You can't do this thing on your own. I don't like the doggone motivational preachers of today because they don't have it right. It's not about you. It's about what he did on Calvary's cross to enable me to get through what I'm going through right now, overwhelmingly victorious. Everybody get that? It's not about me. I didn't do anything. I was a sinner. I was messed up. But when Jesus came into my life, uh, he made me a winner. He made me a champion. He made me victorious. Uh, not because of uh, who I am, but because I, of whom I received into my life. His son, Jesus. See, before we even get a problem, church, we need to live with confidence that whatever comes my way, that you're more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. See, you need to get that down into your spirit tonight. Because I want to tell you, I see too many Christians just walking around just defeated. Have you ever seen that? I, I, it, just, it just drives me up the wall. Just, uh, what's wrong? I just got so many problems. And then they go tell everybody about it. How many know telling everybody your problems doesn't help your problems? It multiplies them. See, I'm preaching this tonight because I want to enable you to be ready and know whom you belong to. I am preaching this tonight so that you need to get that down into your spirit so you won't live afraid of bad news. Oh, let me say it again. I want to minister to this tonight and enable you so that you won't freak out when you receive bad news. Or when you're going through something. It doesn't shock you. Oh, my God, why am I going through this? You know, it, it, you know how many know it's helpful sometimes if we read the Bible? Doesn't the Bible say, Jesus, how many know Jesus prepares us for everything in this life? He says, in this life you will have what? Tribulations. Tribulations. 
He said, you're going to have them. And then, you know, Jesus is funny. And I won't tell you why. Because he says, but be of good cheer. <laughs> Not because you're going through it. But because I've already overcome it. And I'm giving you the ability to overcome what you're going through right now also. Oh, come. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody. See, he wants you to be confident tonight so you won't be afraid when something happens that's not in your plan. Hmm. That you won't get disappointment, disappointed. That when, when, when something happens, that you won't have to be afraid that it's going to devastate you or, or that it's going to be more than what you can handle. See, with Christ on the inside of you, there's nothing that's more than what you are because there's nothing that's much more than what he is. How many know he's able to handle anything that comes your way? See, tonight we are not just conquerors, church. Tonight the Bible says we are more than conquerors. Can you believe that tonight? Can you believe that tonight? Can you believe that in Romans 8.35, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. See, there's nothing to enable you, I'm going to your life. Because how many know, there's a lot of people that have faith until they have a big problem. Woo, man, that just, uh, our God is a God of miracles. I'm not going to get, uh, what's the other line? Uh, I'm not going to fear. Or he, he takes away the fear. You know, uh, but uh, how many know it's easy to sing about it and all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're, something happens. All of a sudden, now you don't want to sing. Wait a minute. At church, you were singing. You were all emotional, lifting your hands, and, and now you're going through it. All of a sudden, now you don't want to sing. How many know you can read, you can listen to podcasts on faith? You can read books on faith. You can be Mr. Faith. Oh, brother, just believe God. <laughs> just believe God. But it's a whole nother level when you have to use your faith. It's easy to tell people to believe God. Brother loses his job. Brother, just pray about it. God loves you. God's going to help you. God's going to help you until you lose your job. All of a sudden, don't you wish you could have recorded what they were saying so you could play it back to them? Am I being too real or is it is this, it's okay? Is it, is, it, is it all right? See, the word of God here is telling us that no kind of trouble, no matter how big or, or how devastated it might seem, should ever separate us from the love of God. See, when you and I have a big problem... Maybe even falls into the category of tragic. Have you ever had tragic news? 
If you lost your job, don't say it's tragic. There's tragic. There's tragic, and then there's tragic, devastating news. One thing, first of all, don't ever, ever, ever have this thought, and I'm sure people do, and don't let it come out of your mouth. God doesn't love you. I'm going through this. God doesn't love He loves you. It's just the world. It's, just, it's life. Life happens. You can't explain life. It just happens. Often it's just an indication that the devil hates you. He hates you. He'll use whatever he can to accuse you to God, to bring you down, to discourage you, and to have you lose faith. Are you with me tonight? He hates you. And he is going to try to do everything he, he can to have you quit, to, to have you fall, to have you complain, to have you whine, to have you begin to accuse God and blame God. How many know he loves it when you and I begin to look at the negative, situ, the negative part of our situation? See, our faith will be tested at different times. How many know if we weren't going to have any problems, how many know we wouldn't have faith? But faith is something to help you build character, to help you build trust. It's to help you build a relationship with God. How many know sometimes it's a devastating issue that happens that causes people to start praying like never before? See, that's what faith is for. Faith is what helps us, take us takes us through times that we don't understand and helps us come out victorious on the other side. David said he was going through a dark time in his valley in Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He was going through a dark time. He didn't just, oh, this sounds good. This is going to be a good poem. No, he was going through some dark times in his life. I don't know how you would feel everybody turning against you and wanting to stone you. He's going through a dark time. And he says, you know what? I, I, I'm going through this dark time, but I am going through it, and you're with me, and you're going to help me get through this dark time. And you and I are going to experience dark times in our lives. We don't have to answer. We don't, there's things that we don't have an answer for. We don't understand. Can I tell you something? There's going to be times where some of us in here get tragic news that stresses us out. Is stress a sin? Is it okay if I stress out? Can I be stressed out? Can I be worried? You know, it just depends on which Christian you're talking to, right? <laughs> People are like, I, I, they don't, nobody wants to answer. Like, can you be stressed out? I don't know about it. Can you be stressed out? 
me know there's sometimes you get devastating, tragic news. You have cancer. Or your husband or your wife have cancer. Or your son or daughter have leukemia. Or your son was just in an accident. He didn't make it. I mean, no, that's pretty tragic and devastating. How many know you're going to be stressed out? How many know if you just got the news, you have cancer? How many know the question now, am I going to live? What if you're young? There's somebody that was having me pray on Monday night for one of their cousins, 21 years old. She has bone cancer in her hip. 20, once it gets in your bones, man, it's pretty bad. 21 years old. And we're going to tell you, not, why are you stressing out? Just believe God. Well, what if, it's in, what if it isn't in God's plan to heal her? Now what are you going to tell her? Well, this is pretty real, isn't it? Is this real tonight? What are you going to do then? Tell her that it's sin to be stressed out? How many know it's a right? How many know it's right? to have stress in our lives. How many know our Lord and Savior was stressed out? Did he sin? Let's look at Luke twenty two forty two. Here's Jesus in Gethsemane praying, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. He is pleading with the Father here. He didn't want to go through God to Calvary. Oh, he's the son of God. Yeah, but he felt pain just like you and I. He felt when they were scourging him. He felt the whips on his back. He felt the nails going through his hand and his feet. He felt the pain. He knew what was coming. And he's saying, Father, please don't let me have to go through this. He is so stressed out that the Bible says that his sweat turns to blood. I've had people question me, Pastor, is that true? Did, did blood really, did, did his sweat really turn to blood? So I had to research it. So this is from Dr. Frederick Zugibi, Chief Medical Examiner at Rockland County, New York, is well known and has diagnosed many, many cases. And this is a relatively rare, but it is, the clinical term is called hematohydrosis. If I said it wrong, I'm not a doctor. I just had the signature down. So after that, they kicked me out of college. I got the signature down. Okay, so hemat. If you're taking notes, you want to know what it is. You can research it. H e m a t o h i d r o s i s. Do you see how long? That's why they're doctors, and I'm just a, a director in the hospital. <laughs> so he goes on. He goes around. So 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 if you all any anybody ever question, say, oh, dude, was there really blood in the sweat? Around the sweat glands, there are multiple blood vessels in a net-like form. Under the pressure of great stress, the vessels constrict, 
Then as the anxiety passes, the blood vessels dilate to the point of rupture. The blood goes into the sweat glands, and as the sweat glands are producing a lot of sweat, it pushes the blood to the surface, coming out as droplets of blood mixed with sweat. Uh, that was the source of Jesus' great stress that night. So it is a medical term for that. Praise God. The Bible is true. Yes, Jesus faced death, a dark time in his life, yet he simply trusted the Father in his darkest time, and he knew that victory was around the corner. All he had to do was hold on a little bit longer through the pain. And how many know that's what faith is tonight? That's what Christianity is oftentimes, is you're holding on a little bit longer. You're just waiting and trusting God. God, you're going to get me through this. You're going to help me through this situation. Yes, this is a dire time. And I, I'm going to get back to that in just a moment. But he still had to go through the hardship of Calvary. Listen, oftentimes, church, we don't know or we don't, the only way that God can really stretch out our faith is when we go through tragic situations. Can I tell you something? I've prayed with so many people and they've gotten healed. I, I, I've prayed for people where I just say, be healed. Just, just like that. And they get healed. They're blown away. They're like, what the heck? Because they're, they're waiting for a big prayer and stuff. And I, it's not up to me. I, I don't do anything. I remember this one lady had 18 tumors, cancerous tumors throughout her body. Prayed for her. She went to the restroom. She checked. All 18 were gone. That same night, right there and then. But my faith was challenged recently. And it shook me. And I began to really feel what people go through. Because I, how many know it's easy to say, oh, just have faith, just have faith, just have faith until it happens to you. But see, it didn't happen to me, it happened to my wife. So I want to bring her up here for just a moment. And, and um, I was actually going to have her preach and stuff, but, but God changed it to, to this instead because this is more powerful. And so a few months ago, uh, uh, Linda, she found a, a, a some skin that just wasn't right on her hand. And so what did you think of when, it, when you first saw that on your hand? Well, it, there was like a dry patch that was there. But when I was um, in Michigan, within two weeks, the dry patch just grew and I could feel it growing. Um, it would wake me up in the night because I could feel it actually growing on my hand. And so when I looked at it, it was like, okay, this thing doesn't look right. Um, so as soon as I came back to California, I made, the, made an appointment, and they took a biopsy out of it and sent it off. And so through this whole time, you know, I'm waiting. You know, like you said, it's like we So what pray. did the doctor say? What did the doctor say? Well, he told me, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't think it's cancer or anything like that. Okay, it looked so like something else. Did so, you feel some relief there? Yeah. Okay. So I did. I felt I felt relief there. I was like, okay, it's it's not cancer because I went there. My mind went there, and and um, so I I felt like, oh, okay. But he's like, when we get the biopsy back, it will be within a week, and 
we'll give you a call. So, you know, we pray for it and stuff, and, you know, I'm, I'm holding on, and I'm believing. And like he said, God uses him to pray for, for people, and people get healed. Then I get the phone call telling me that I had, he told me I had squamous cell. And so what was your first thoughts there? I asked him again. I was like, what did you say? And he told me, he says, yes, you have squamous cell cancer, and it's between basal and melanoma. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> my blood ran cold. It did because I lost my dad of cancer. So, of course, my, my mind's going to go back to that. And he, he passed away at a young age. He was 65 years old. Yeah. So, um, so you know, so all I could hear felt like I, on Snoopy where you hear, they're, they're talking about, you hear, ma, 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 ma. That's all I could hear over the phone was, was that because once you hear the word cancer, it doesn't matter if it's skin, it doesn't matter what it is, it's still cancer. And, and so, and I, I, I didn't know the degree of it or anything like that. So I'm listening to him, and I was like, no, you know what? The fear gripped me, but it didn't change who I am. It didn't change me of, oh, you're a pastor's wife, or you're a, you're a Christian, you're this and that. We're still human, and we're still going to have that fear. It's still going to grip us. And, and But I had to like get control of my, my mind and my emotions right then. And I had to be like, no, you know what? God is God, and he's a good God. And no matter what this is, no matter what, no matter what, it's like, it's not going to change who I am. It's not going to like, oh, my God, I'm not going to serve God anymore or anything like that. Because it just pressed me further in. It pressed me further into God and just believing God. And I had to wait three weeks before I could get the surgery called a Mohs surgery done, where they take, they'll go in, they'll cut it out, then they'll look at it under a microscope, come back, take more as, as it goes on. But for three weeks, I had my ups and I had my downs. When was the worst times for you? Night. Nighttime was always the worst for me. It would wake me up and I, where I couldn't even breathe. Yeah. But he would pray for me, and then I'd be okay. But like I said, it's like, you know, it doesn't change who I am or, or anything. God still loves me. It's like, what? Well, he's not going to look bad at me because I was afraid. But he strengthened me through this as well. Amen. So I want to add something before you go on. So during those three weeks, there were people now. So how many know people sometimes could be the worst enemy? Because then all of a sudden now people, oh, you never guess what. Uh, somebody on our team, they had the same one under their tongue. They just died. So now they're adding pressure to her situation. So be wise as to who you listen to and who you hang out when you're going through a difficult time. It really is important who you listen to and who you hang out with. Because I want to tell you, it's not always uh, uh, the devil directly at you. He'll use friends to bring you down. 
And so after it was, after your final surgery, they 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 cleared they it, clear, and, and you as of right now, you're you're good and to I'm, go. I'm I'm totally cleared of it. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Do you have anything else? Okay. Praise God. And so I, I want to tell you that changed my life. I wasn't going through her, but now I'm seeing what she's going through, and I'm praying, and it ain't getting healed. And I'm like, I, and I'm questioning. I'm like, God, how can I pray for so many people? You know, I lay hands up, get slain, or or legs growing out, or or blind, or eyes opened up, or deaf ears opened up, but I can't get, lay hands on my wife and watch her get healed. And I, I, honestly, I couldn't understand it. But I could look back now and see God stretching my faith and saying, you are more than just, uh, you are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. See, sometimes, church, we feel like sheep. Sometimes I, I know what, what Paul was writing in Romans 8, 36. Uh, as for your sake, we encounter death all day long. We are considered as sheep uh, to the, being slaughtered. I mean, no, sometimes we feel like that sheep just heading to the slaughter. But see, we have to know whom we belong to. See, we can say, God, I go to church, I, I worship, I'm involved, I serve you. What is this mess? How many ever pray and feel like God's not listening to you? And you're feeling like this, all of a sudden, Mr. Faith comes talk to you, brother, what's the problem? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> oh, brother, you can do it. Just trust God. <laughs> Don't you still live with your mama? <laughs> it's like people don't go through things but try to talk and encourage you when you're going through something that's devastating and they have no clue as to what you're going through. That's why, once again, it's important who you hang out with. It's important who you allow to speak into your life. In Romans 8, 37, it's out the Amplified Bible. It says, yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loves us. Amid, amid, in spite of all these things. Another translation says, despite all these things, we are. Not we could be, not we might be, but we are more than conquerors. Yeah. He has given you the victory. He has given you the victory, but most Christians live their whole Christian life not knowing it or receiving it. See, as long as we know God loves us, uh, how can we doubt and how that he won't take care of our situation? How many know when your children are ill, when your children are going through something, how many know you're right there with them no matter what? I'm right there with you, son. I'm right there with you, daughter. No matter what's going on, I am right there with you. Can I tell you, God is right there with you. And you need to begin to live in that victory tonight. 
Some, there's some in here, you need to move the devil from whispering in your ear and put him under your feet uh, where he's supposed to be. Quit let him whisper in your ear. Say, dude, knock it off already. Get that hot breath off of me. Listen to 1 John 4, 4, and I love this translation, the um, Amplified Classic Edition. It says, little children, 1 John 4, 4, it says, little children, you are of God. You belong to him, and you have already defeated and overcame them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater and mightier than he who is in the world. He says, we've already defeated the agents of the Antichrist. They are defeated. The problem tonight is we have to, as pastors, enable you and equip you and teach you and train you and tell you, you are victorious. Start living like you're victorious. He's already defeated. Can I tell you, you don't have to fight the devil. He's already defeated. There's some of you still... Come on. <laughs> He's already defeated. See, the problem, most Christians don't know who they are. Listen to me tonight. If you listen to anything, listen to this. Most Christians don't know who they are. And in turn, don't tell the devil who they are. And because of that, he takes advantage of them. Oh, my goodness. Is that good? There's Christians in here. You're being taken advantage of. You, you live a defeated life, not because God hasn't given you the victory, but because you haven't claimed who you are in Christ Jesus. You are victorious and he's taking advantage of you. And, 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 and it's, and like I said earlier, this is not a motivational class. This is an instruction for you as to who you belong to and who you are in, in God. In Hosea 4, 6, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for not, lack of knowledge. He says, this is what happens to people who neglect or disobey the word of God. They're destroyed. And there's Christians that are destroyed because of this. The devil doesn't want you to know who Christ is. He wants to keep you down and defeated. And tonight you need to break those chains. See, we belong to Jesus. We belong to God the Father. There's people in me that, well, I got all these problems. I got, I got all these problems. Yeah, quit talking to yourself. And start speaking some positive things into your life. You see, somebody, some, some people in here tonight, you need, some, you need something to suddenly happen in your life. How I many you know tonight some of you need to, to happen what happened in, in Acts 16, 26? I didn't send it to you guys, so don't stress out. But at midnight, the Bible says that suddenly there was an earthquake and the doors opened, the prison doors opened, and Paul and Silas came out. And how I many know there are people in here tonight, you need a suddenly moment tonight. 
You need a suddenly moment tonight uh, that suddenly uh, you're due for a suddenly, you're due for a miracle tonight. You're due for a blessing tonight. You're due for an open door tonight. You are due for a healing tonight. Can I tell you, God can do it. He is simply waiting for you and I to realize who we are in Jesus. 1 John 4, 17 says, By this uh, is love perfected with us uh, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he who is so also in this world, what in the world? I wrote that all wrong. <laughs> because as he is, so also are we in this world. As he is right now, right now, as Jesus is right now, so are we in this world. Okay, what in the world does that mean? As he is in heaven right now, so are we here in this world right now. Some of you are saying, sure doesn't feel like that to me, Pastor David. <laughs> Listen, faith, the way God moves is you don't get something until you first believe it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How many here, you know you are saved? Don't you raise your hand. You know you are saved. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Some of you all ain't raising your hand. I'm, 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 we're going to have an altar call here in a bit. <laughs> How many of you, you believe without a shadow of doubt you're going to go to heaven? Would you raise your hand? Okay, you can put them down. How do you know? You haven't seen heaven. You haven't seen it. How many know we live in a generation that unless I see it, I don't believe it? So how do you know you're going to go to heaven? Thank you. Now do you see what faith is all about? I don't see heaven, but I know I'm going there when I die. Because he died for me on Calvary's cross and paid my debt. So I know where I'm headed. But that's what faith is. It's the evidence of things not seen yet. I don't see heaven, but I know I'm going there. So it doesn't matter what I'm going through right now. I know the outcome already. I'm going to be victorious. I already have the victory. Yes, I might be stressed out. I might be going through some battles right now. But I'm already looking at the outcome. I know what my outcome is. I'm already victorious. I already know God's going to take the situation and turn it around for the good. In Nehemiah 8.10, the Bible says, oh, dear God, sometimes these computers, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. Sometimes we just need to get some joy. Sometimes we need to just dig into the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, give me that joy. Give me that. I need joy right now, God. I mean, no, joy is not high. Woo! Uh -oh. That's not joy. Joy is just that peace. Joy is, oh, God, you're with me. That's all that matters. Take everything away. I nothing else matters. God, as long as I got you, I got joy. Hallelujah. I want to close tonight. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, here is 
Paul is saying, you know what, that, uh, he's praying that the, that the eyes of their understanding, that they could get the knowledge and wisdom of, of Jesus, that, that they'll understand. He goes, this, this is your hope, is Jesus' salvation. He says, that's the most important thing, that you know him. And then he comes down to verse 19, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in us and for us who believe. Here Paul's saying you got some power inside of you that you don't even know and take advantage of and use and apply in your life. He said no matter what you're going through, I am going to give you power to overcome the enemy. I'm going to give you power to be able to work through that marriage. I'm going to give you the power uh, to work through that, 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 that disease or, or that thing that you're battling tonight. Because I'm going to give you the power. How do we know that? He goes on in Ephesians 1.20. He goes, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Uh, so that spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Another scripture says that, that, that if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, that he will quicken your mortal bodies because you're going to get this energized power that when you wake up in the morning, you're going to walk around with some faith. You're going to walk around with some confidence. No more shoulders down, but you're going to lift up your head. You're going to put your shoulders back. I'm a child of God. I am not going to be struggling all my life. I know who I am. No, one of the things, the first things I did at a boot camp when I was in the Marine Corps boot camp is we had a lot of guys that walk around like this. They actually push your shoulders back and they make you. He said, I don't care how you, if you're not marching right, but he goes, they, they, they teach you to walk up. They push your chin down, which sticks out your chest, and then you start marching and they slowly start teaching you how to march. But they're pushing you because they, he goes, you're going to put on that title Marine. He goes, you can't be walking around like this. They'll kick you out. He goes, we don't want you walking. He goes, you're going to walk around with confidence. Let the whole world know who you are. That when you put on that uniform, people are going to look at you, and they're going to see somebody that, ooh, they went through some stuff. They went through hell and high water. They went through some struggles. Uh, three months of all craziness and screaming and yelling. And they're walking out of there and they're marching and they're looking good and confident and pride and all that stuff. Well, in the kingdom of God, it's not the pride issue, but you are walking up and you're walking in victory and you're walking knowing that you are victorious in Jesus, knowing that you are a son or daughter of the living God knowing that you are more than conquerors, knowing that you're going to defeat whatever's standing in your way, knowing that you can overcome tonight. You can make it. Quit being the victim tonight and start being the victor. Listen, you're never going to outgrow warfare. You simply must learn to fight. You're simply going to learn to fight and know that, God, you've given me the victory and it's not much of a fight because he's already defeated. He's already defeated. I want to close with this. Listen to me. Just, I'm sorry. Just so. When Jesus walked in, 
There, there's the, the, the demoniac with a legion of demons in him. Nearly 6,000 demons standing between him and Jesus. And yet he cries out to Jesus for deliverance. See, when somebody wants Jesus enough, they'll fight through 6,000 demons to get to him. You know what that tells me? That not even a legion of demons could stop that man from getting saved. And a whole legion of demons cannot stop you from becoming what God has called you to be tonight. God loves you. You are a child of God. Then Revelation 12, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. It's your testimony tonight that's going to get you through and continue to live the life that God has called you to live. If I can have every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to God here tonight. Uh, hallelujah. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.